Welcome to Life Church Podcasts. We know you'll be blessed by this message. Let me help you a little bit here. When I first went to motorsport, I used to have the word chaplain on my hat. And people would kind of recognize you and they'd walk past you looking the other way. So I took chaplain, I took my hat off. And they put it on your back. You have a shirt where it's on your back. Who's that? That was the chaplain. Or you have a good chat with them first and they're kind of saying, who was that person? Well, the chaplain. So for the first few years, it took a little bit of uh, awkwardness to undo some of the, um, some of you, you being there uh, at a motorsport event. Uh, or any other activity. The, the, the thing is here is that the church has not represented itself well in the marketplace. So when you are there, it's kind of, whoa, are you with me? And now we've got the chance to step up. I'm blessed to be with you guys again today. Thank you. Um, I know pastors away. I had a chat with them on the phone. And... Uh, when, when I said, mate, look, I'm up at Mitter, would you like me to come preach? And he said, oh, definitely. He said, I'm away, though. He said, we might come back. I said, no, don't come back. You stay and enjoy. Uh, we'll look after the house. We'll see God do marvellous things. Um, I want to share with you out of Matthew 5. This starts the story of the Sermon on the Mount. Do you remember them? or otherwise known as the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are the beautiful words. That's what Beatitudes mean. The, the beautiful, powerful, life-giving, truthful words. And so we see Jesus start to speak in the Beatitudes, and he, he goes through a whole list of blessed. Blessed are those who, blessed are those who, blessed are those who. I love that the Bible is so, somebody said it here, I think the gentleman over here said it, so down to earth. So you could walk it out in your boots in everyday life. That sense, that spirit of Godsness that is all over us, that when we're in the marketplace, people carry or people feel the blessing that we are blessed with. It, it, it attracts people. At the same time, though, there's a dilemma going on in them, and so they struggle with, and often their awkwardness makes them step back a little bit. But I am convinced that the longer we spend time with others, the more opportunities that you get. And the principle that I work with as a chaplain is not, let's get them to church, let's get them all singing songs, let's get them all tired. No, what I feel my job is, every chance I get, I put my arm around them and help them take one more step on their journey to God. So you don't have to get the job done first time, every time. 
you're working with the power and the person of the Holy Spirit who is, who is un- unlocking the truth into their heart. And you're another person speaking a God word and a God moment uh, and, and sowing that God seed just to bring that truth to fruition at the right time. We have a couple in our church. I was talking to Barbie this morning on the phone. And she was saying that um, she'd spent some time with them and, and uh, their daughter, only a little one, just three years old, was born with, somehow, cancer in the kidneys. And they tried to replace the kidneys and they prescribed a whole lot of medications. Doctors have just said now, there's nothing more that we can do. Let me just backtrack. The doctors um, said around about uh, 10 months ago, there's nothing more that we can do. So this beautiful Spanish couple... The doctor said, do you want us to keep administering drugs to keep her alive? What do you want us to do? So mum and dad went went home, held hands and prayed. God, is there something else that we can do, that man can do? God spoke to them both and said no. There's nothing more the doctors can do. And so the dad prays, one of my daughter. And God says, with a joyful voice, I'm bringing her home. Wow. This dad says, God, if that's what you want, your will be done. How many people find it easy to say, your will be done, and it's a good thing? I heard that once like this, a guy's praying. He says, God, what's a thousand years to you? God says, oh, it's just a second. Well, God, What's a million dollars to you? Oh, just like a cent. God, can I have one of your cents? <laughs> yes, son, just a second. <laughs> There's things that happen. It's perplexing because we, we only have a register good or bad but when you are a Christian when you're a child of God you are blessed you are blessed you are blessed you can start in Genesis and it says I will bless you all the way through the Bible I will bless you in Matthew I will bless you I'll bless you with long life I'll bless you I'll bless you I will bless you 
church somewhere, we've got to stop pondering why bad things happen and just take a deep breath in and declare, I am blessed. Amen. It's sad because we regulate how good God is according to how we feel. And yet he said all through the book, cast your cares on me, I care for you. He has said all through that if there's something that you're anxious about, he says, let your request be known with thanksgiving. What's the thanksgiving for? Thank you, God, I'm so blessed. Thank you, God, that you are, you are who you are and we are so blessed. And then it says that... Uh, goes on to say that the peace of God that surpasses all of us will garrison around your heart and your mind. All right? Your heart. And there's something about being with God because you are so blessed that his sovereignty and his presence, no matter what your circumstance, is in total masterful control. Who can say amen? How this dear dad... That's the wrong way to say it. This dear dad who so was satisfied that the father said, I want her to come home. Was enough for him to say, your will be done. You see, I think sometimes we spend a lot of time worrying about our things our situations, our circumstances, when really the Bible has emphatically declared that it's okay. Don't worry about that. I've got that. I've got it. I'm in charge. Relax, take a deep breath. And what God wants us to do, which is to be out in the marketplace and being with people and, and being his love and his hand extended, we become preoccupied with our problems instead of embracing God's word and how big he is and how blessed we are and get on with the job of doing what God called us to do in the marketplace. And I am convinced that when we do what God wants, there is even more of a natural flow of what God's purposes and plans are unlocked and fulfilled for us. Wow. Let me give you a few stories to under, underline what I'm saying. You know, the transporter. Who's been, have you ever seen our transporter? You, you probably, I think we've had it here a few times. Some of you may have been through, some haven't. It will be, it's, it's open, you can go and have a look afterwards. But one of my friends down at uh, Phillip Island, and he says, Mark, he says, I think I might have told you this story last time. Mark, he says, um, what can I do to help you? I love what you do. This is a non-Christian guy. I love what you do. Because every time I'm back at the track, what have you been doing? What have you been doing? And, you know, we've, we've been, you, you, you guys know, we've been in Queensland for floods, in Queensland for cyclones. We've been to Mildura for the mess, the train versus truck accident in Kerrang, and just all over the country, fires, floods, drought. 
and we, that's what we do. We go look after the community. We use the transporter that by day it is used for, uh, for example, in floods or in cyclones in Queensland, everything's destroyed. So we come in and the Department of um, Social Welfare or Community Services, they will commandeer our vehicle during the daytime and they're able then to face-to-face with people affected and begin the process of, and I don't know how many times in the back of the transport we've had the Department of Finance from, the, from Queensland, you ready? With $10 million sitting in the back of my transporter and handing out money to people in crisis. And a security guard sitting at the doorstep. <laughs> you see, then by night we convert it back. We offered to let them leave the $10 million in the transporter, that they declined that offer. But over night time, we convert it back to where we as chaplains, because when you come into a community that's totally destroyed, you can't say, we're here to help you, where can we sleep? (laughs) They've got nowhere to sleep, so we don't want to add to their burden. We bring our own accommodation. We We can accommodate 10 in the transporter. We've got shower, toilet, kitchen. Go have a look. We've got a full medical center. The transporter was up at Mita Mita because um, uh, if there is a serious incident, the, the, the medical centre in the back, we've got heart monitors, we've got um, all the medical equipment, defibrillators, suction units, we've got, it's all in there. And that's how I want me to be in the marketplace saying, how can I help, how can I help? Are you with me? My mate says, I love what you do. How can we help? I said, I've got no idea, mate. What are you thinking? He says, well, I I, I work for um, a transport uh, trailer building company up in in Ballarat. He said, what what if we get all the steel donated and all the panel work and all that all donated and we get... We, 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 can I talk to the boss about Would you give me some stuff to go to the boss with? He goes to the boss and he gets $80,000 worth of material donated. Wow. Then uh, he says, what else do you need? I said, well, we need generators. We need, and we went on with a list of a long, long things. We need wheels, tyres, we need stands, we need... We need uh, jacks, we need uh, a coupler, we need electrical, we need air conditioning, we need... The list goes on and on. He starts writing to people. Then he gets a team, which he chairs, who starts writing on our behalf. He's got to a place where he's got pretty much everything we need to construct this thing donated. Then he says, hang on, who's going to put it all together? (laughs) And so he's engaged, a guy out of Bacchus Marsh, who is a transporter construction, because they can't put it onto their their production line, onto their big semi-trailers, it's just going to make a heck of a mess. This is a a very different baby. And so, um, but he's onto a guy in Bacchus Marsh who's going to put all this stuff together. And he says, Mark, all you've got to do is raise $35,000. Well, he's just saved me $150,000. I reckon, God, 
That's not too hard. What do you think, church? You see, when you're in the marketplace, people actually want to help you to do what you do because they're so appreciative of what it is that you do. One of our guys, paramedic, and also he, his uh, other role uh, was, he was the mayor of the Yarra Valley Rangers. And he's in the chamber, the mayoral chamber, and he suddenly falls to the floor. They immediately call for an ambulance and a micro-paramedic is passing by outside. The mica comes straight in, goes straight into the mineral chamber, diagnoses that this guy has burst the aorta. This is the main artery that flows to the brain that goes through your body. Wow. He says, this guy's only got minutes to live. He goes in and he pinches off so that the blood does not just go into the chest cavity but at least stays in his system. He begins to CPR to try and keep whatever blood flow moving in the body even though it's lacking the oxygen that is needed via the lungs because the, the tapped-off vein artery means that it can't circulate. It's just, wow. He has a chopper there which is coming back from, from having been sent to a job what got called off and the chopper is coming back. And it lands at the Yarra Glen, uh, 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 what do you call it, the horse track. And he has, the Micah man has the guy in the chopper inside 20 minutes. And he now he's medevaced to Alfred Hospital. He gets to Alfred Hospital and they say, this guy has a 3% chance of survival as a vegetable. I don't accept that stuff. There's something about, God, I've prayed for this man for years. I'm not willing to surrender him like this. I'm not willing to let go. And I speak to God and say, God, all those prayer times I know need to be working in his favour right now. Wow. And the 11-hour operation to reconnect the aorta. He comes out of the operation. He's got his uh, trachea in because he can't breathe on his own strength. The doctors are trying to prep his wife for bad news. His wife is a ER nurse at Royal Melbourne Hospital, so you can't tell her anything, and she knows what the chances are of survival. But I, I'm glad. When you stand in the gap, there's something about you standing in the gap 
We don't need to be troubled by our circumstances. They're well covered under the scripture of God's blessing in our lives. Let's stop fussing about our problems. There's people in the community who don't even know that there's a God who wants to bless and love them. But if you're standing in the gap, they will come to know. This ER nurse, she knows the chances of her husband's survival is poor and she's got two little girls and she's prepping them that dad's going to die. I don't know how mum does that. But Lisa spoke to the girls about it. Daddy's not well. I hope he can come home, but maybe it's not going to happen. Jason, after 11-hour operation, is in recovery. And they continue to diagnose clots in his system, which have formed because of the blood was stationary rather than flowing. Um, they have noticed a, a number of strokes that have happened because of it, and their diagnosis is along the lines of the 3% chance of surviving as a vegetable is highly likely. But I like to be the one that says, no. God, I don't accept that. Second Chronicles 16 verse 9 says, God's eyes roam over the earth, looking to see whose hearts have been loyal to him so that he can prove himself strong. Please say it with me. Prove himself strong. Come on, say that again. Prove himself strong strong. You know that God who has blessed you so much is also a God who is so strong. Remember that old chorus we used to sing? My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, nothing my God cannot do. Who is your God? He is big, he is strong, don't let the circumstances dictate to you what your God or who your God is. His choice to bless you and to bless you abundantly and his choice to prove himself strong on your behalf. I went into the intensive care unit. Jason's, he's out. So I've got him in this sedated condition to try and see how much damage has been done, what do we do next. They got him to a place where they said, if we don't see any improvement today, we need to talk to Lisa about turning the machinery off. Lisa rang me. She says, Mark, I don't know how to say, turn it off. She says, I've been the nurse so many times it's gone to people to say, we need permission to turn it off. She says, I don't know how to tell them, turn it off. I said, well, don't tell them. I'm standing with you. 
And I'm praying that God, who said he would prove himself strong for us. That night, there was improvement. They took him off the ventilator and he survived, breathing on his own. They were astounded the next morning to see him conscious. They were further astounded to see him trying to communicate even those through slurred words. The strokes had done damage to his memory for his muscular recovery structure. His uh, coordination was messed up. His, his, uh, in, his uh, memory was all messed up. After three months of rehab at uh, the Anglesey Hospital, he improved and improved and improved. I'd go see him. I'd say, mate, how you doing? And he'd often tell me all the things he's never going to be able to do again. I said, mate, I need you to stop talking like that. I want you to talk about how grateful that you're alive still. And your two little girls have got a daddy still. And your wife has got a husband still. He would try and be thankful. Didn't always do well. But I kept trying to steer him back onto being thankful. But I'm sure any bloke here can appreciate that if this is how I've done it in life and I've drawn a lot of strength out of this is who I am, now for me not to be who that is brings me undone. And he struggles with it, I understand that. But I kept turning him back. After uh, four months of rehab, I said, there's nothing more we can do for you here. We can look after you as an outpatient. We're going to send you home. By this time, he's starting to get some motor skills back together. He's still not walking well. His feet are flopping and his actions are awkward and he often needs someone to steady him. They said his his people he worked for was Ambulance Victoria as a paramedic. They said, we need to sign off and close your cases being that you'll never work for AV again. And he was telling me about it and I said to him, mate, don't sign off. Start thanking God that you are a paramedic. Start thanking God that you have been gifted with such skills. Start thanking God that he's on your side and he's working with you. After six months, he had improved so well, but the blood clots and the many strokes had caused blind spots in his eyes and so when he would look he would see all that that was over there but it had a dark spot just here couldn't see anything and 
and the other eye would be sort of over this side and a bit, and so you kind of be going like this to look at people. I remember he sat, I, I have at my house a life group. It's a, what is it? It's a life group. This is where we become alive. And I have what's called DLT, Doing Life Together Group. I have all my motorsport friends who want to come, come. Remember Jason was sitting at our table after we finished a meal. And I go around and say, hey, listen, I'm a believer that your areas of being insecure, when you voice them, you take the insecurity out of the, out of the equation. So your vulnerability is a good thing. Say, so come on, talk to us. What's your highest highs this last week? What's your lowest low? And out of the lowest low, you start to share your vulnerability. Jason was sharing, his speech was slurred some. And he burst into tears and he said, I'll never be the man I was. And I said to him and corrected him in front of everybody, I said, every one of us here are going to be saying to you, your best is yet to come. Your best is yet to come. Let me jump forward now six months. One year, six months from the operation, Ambulance Victoria is doing their final assessment. He has been to the eye specialist. The eye specialist says, I cannot figure how all these blind spots have disappeared. <laughs> he goes to the doctor. The doctor says, for a man who has had such a trauma of the brain, how you can recollect all your education and training is astounding to me. This all gets presented after five or six doctors, motor skill issues, etc., etc., etc. All gets presented to AV, and AV says, we'd better reinstate you. They reinstated him. Now, as of about three months ago, the doctor said, We'll give you a full clearance. And AV has said, we've done all the tests. You can go back to being a mica paramedic. So you know those little um, smaller, either the Fords or the Subarus that they run around in, that are the first responder, the first mica paramedic on site? That's his job. You know what he does now? Gets to a job and he's praying, God, prove yourself strong. God, prove yourself strong. God, prove yourself. They've come to church with me. They've given their testimony at church. You see, family, I'm convinced that God who is on our side, in the book of Acts, chapter 4, verses 29 and 30, it says this. God, grant us your servants. Now, let me just give you the first part of the verse now after I've given that bit. The first part says, Lord, look at their 
offensive ways towards us. Ever had that? But do what the disciples did. Just put down the table, let them move on. God. But God, grant us your servants boldness. So we may preach your word. Now listen to this, listen to this. So we may preach your word by stretching out your hand to heal. And that signs and wonders will be done through the name of your servant, Jesus Christ. You see, let me full circle here. You are blessed. 1 John 2 verse 20 says, You have an anointing. Isaiah 55 says, The anointing is to heal the brokenhearted, set the prisoner free, bind up them that are bruised, console those who mourn, give beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that he may be glorified. What you saw on that DVD was an unsaved man interviewing a Christian and then saying the words, we owe you a debt of thanks and glorifying my Father who is in heaven. Can you say amen? Church, we need to get a spirit of God. Benella is our town. And we're declaring blessing wherever we travel. We're driving our car across the nation to where? Emu Plains. That's up in Queensland. Yapoon, oh, that way. And God, every st- stop that we do, people are going to be blessed. And every place where our feet tread, we're going to declare this is your land. And we are your people who are in the right place at the right moment declaring your goodness and your mercy over those who have lost all hope. The Beatitudes, blessed are those. Blessed are those. How blessed are you? Don't look at your circumstances and say, well, no, no, no. Let's do what my family back in Melbourne, who lost their little girl, three-year-old, God, we are glad to give our daughter. If you want her to come home, we surrender her and give her to you now. She's yours. She lived for one more week. They said, please take all the medication away. And the daughter improved gave her mum and her dad a kiss and said, an angel is coming for me. (laughs) On Saturday, he's coming for me. I'm going home. Oh, God, if a three-year-old 
can be excited about what God is doing. Come on, people. Benalla, this is God's town. We're not parking. We're not getting distracted. We're not turning away from. We're staying focused. Hey, you're going to bless this town because we're here. Because you are faithful. Your eyes seek to see who's, who's dedicated and strong for you. Loyal to you and you will prove yourself strong in this place for us. God. When you pray for Benella, don't pray, oh well, you know God. No, come on. You are blessed to be a blessing. Your circumstances, you're not a victim of circumstances. You're a product of the cross. And this town is going to feel what that product of the cross is all about. How many people are blessed? How many people are encouraged? This little one passed away on Saturday. At one minute past midnight, Saturday morning. I'm kind of thinking she was saying, I'm ready. It's got to be Saturday though. It's going to be one minute. Let's go. Come on. One minute past midnight. God, you're so good to us. Who's blessed? Five people. That's not good. (laughs) Who's blessed? Who's blessed? And positioned in Benalla by a time appointed by God before the foundation of the world. Who's blessed, positioned in Benalla, who's ready. I'm going to be a blessing. I am going to be a blessing. I'm going to be a blessing to my town. Everywhere my foot goes... I might not see the victory one straight away, but I'm going to make a difference. One step at a time. Wherever the wheels of our car point, wherever we go, wherever that transporter is, I'm going to make a difference. For his namesake. Would you please stand with me? I want to pray for you. I want to pray for your church. I want to pray for your town. I want to pray for your coming in and your going out from this time forth and forevermore. That you will be a blessing wherever you go. And if you need to say, God, I'm parking some stuff that I've been worrying about. I'm just casting it all my cares on you. You've been listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, head to lifechurchbanella.com.au.